0: good morning good afternoon and good evening everybody welcome back to another edition of eco solutions right here on selfdiscoverymedia.com i'm your host sarah troy and my wonderful guest is Andrew, andrew michaels and we're going to be talking about something that's extremely important raising the consciousness to heal the planet and its inhabitants Boy, his mama Earth talking to us at the present moment, she says, you are not listening. And if you're not careful, we're going to delete you. And mm. she's certainly kind of throwing a tantrum at the present moment. And I cannot blame her at all. But so he has soul pal fables a modern day. Um, and I'm not sure what that is. You can tell me all about that. Okay. He's an, an environmentalist. He teaches truths about the environmental crisis and the consciousness that is needed to resolve it. Oh, do we need that consciousness? so enlightened for sure. Earth yes. is in peril, he says. Several droughts parch some areas, while other terrains are flooded. Um, wildfires consume territories, while freakish ice storms crash city grids. You've got hurricanes. You've got uh, you know tornadoes. You've got earthquakes, and all of these other incredible things that are happening, and it's affecting and inflaming our health and the well-being of the animal kingdom. Absolutely. So uh, we're going to, again, find out what this AESOP is, because um, mm-hmm. I don't know what that is. Uh, but we're going to also talk about the the book, Arising Soul Pals, Keeping Eyes on the Rise. And uh, I think we should just dive right into it, my dear. What does that word mean? Welcome to the show.
1: Uh, thank you very much. Yeah. The word meaning, uh, which word? Arising Soul Oh, no, the Asop. Asop. oh, Aesop! Yeah, Aesop is actually a, a writer from years ago, many years ago, almost uh, I would call it almost ancient. I mean, a few hundred years back, and he wrote a fables um, that really had a, a message and a story within the which was the basis for the story. And oftentimes they they did use animals were were part of these fables, and you know they're obviously fictional, but they really um, attracted a lot of people's minds and understanding to to understand the stories of what Mm. what we're being told. So Aesop's Able is a shorthand way, I think, of saying that stories um, are really here because they can help teach us and we can learn and we can get emotionally uh, attracted to them and and want to understand them because we're emotionally drawn to the characters and the stories. And so there's a beautiful connection between the our stor- stories that are told the characters that bring forward the stories and our own uh consciousness and learning and so that's why it's called uh related to aesop's fables the one i'd say big difference is that a lot of uh, the stories even though they are fictional they are actually based on facts about people's people uh animals nature culture and spiritual practice mm-hmm. so those are all based in fact and the stories um, I'll bring bringing a little fiction, but it's really so you can hopefully relate to these stories and learn about different uh, things that are happening in our world. A lot of them relate to uh, environmental issues or things that are brought out because of our environmental challenges and what, what human beings are both doing uh. partly to affect that and, and impact that as well as possibilities for ways human beings can um solve some of these problems and you know pointing to those so it's it's kind of a hopefully a har- harmonious uh, ha- fables that bring into all all elements of how we live and what we live with and what what human beings actually could do to make a difference
0: i'm a true colors coach which is the four key personality and you know it's the it's how we receive and interact mm-hmm. and there. It's a very limited amount of people that actually will eat up facts, yeah. that want data, right? right? To other people, it's just like over their heads and just, wait, how does it affect me? Storytelling yeah. is something that's so much more relatable because they can see themselves in the story. They can mm-hmm. see themselves in the character mm-hmm. and although they may be reading it and it's all very pleasurable afterwards, it's like, but what if that was me? What if, that is a little bit too much parallel to what's going on. What mm-hmm. if I could make a difference? And I yeah. think very often bombarding people with the facts can be doomsday type thing, as opposed mm-hmm. to inviting them to be a part of the story and truly yeah. see how it can unravel.
1: <laughs> yes. I, yeah, I think that's absolutely right. And one, one, um, my personal experience, actually, a lot of it has to do with uh, developing public policy um, to support sustainable development and finding global warming. And, and through that effort, which was uh, about 15 years, I was really involved with various organizations to promote that. One was I worked on public policy um, for an organization that represented the entire Bay Area region, Bay Area meaning San Francisco Bay Area, and we had de- we developed a uh, an alliance of we called the Bay Area uh, Communities for Sustainable Development, and it was it was in many ways fantastic because I actually represented a group that did public public policy from the point of some of the most innovative and largest businesses in the entire Bay Area Bay Area, including Silicon Valley businesses and. What excited me about it was I was I was brought on to be the vice president for sustainable development, Mm. and I was so excited because I really liked the idea that businesses were actually wanting to put their muscle behind this, which is uh, refreshing to me because a lot of the term of sustainable development and even environmental well being is not often associated well or good with businesses because they're sometimes they are the the enemy. I mean, yes, oil yes. businesses obviously are the enemy of a, of a healthy environment in mm-hmm. a way. Um, so I was excited to do that, and part of that was we we built a huge alliance of business leaders, ec- uh, social equity leaders, environmental leaders, really a regional uh, group, and we had a compact for a green so that we all agreed together on what was our common effort. And um, that was great. And then we really wanted to engage the entire public, general public in the area, the Bay Area, which is considered to be progressive in many, in many ways. Um, and so we went out, we brought different, like you said, data to them and reasons that this needed to happen. Um, and we got some support, but after seven years of really, Working hard together, getting some major impacts, like we raised, you know, over a hundred million dollars for uh, several funds that were investing in projects that would promote sustainable development, but they were also um, would develop businesses and jobs and so forth. Um, and that was great. But then, uh, after seven years, uh, I would say some of the organizations that were supporting us, some of them foundations, I would say they have ADD. Uh, they have attention deficit disorder after a while of working on these things. Sometimes they taper off in their interests. Yeah. And then, but the, the most important thing to me was we just weren't getting to the public in a way that really drew them in, in a big way. We wanted to get to critical mass so we could um, impact and support public policies, obviously, that would go in this direction. And, uh, and so I, I really decided it was the way that mm-hmm. sustainable development and um, and 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 gl- fighting global warming were being presented. Um, that was a big reason why I don't think we're getting across the finish line. Engaging people instead of like you said, I think a lot of the stuff, a lot of the information, puts off people. Sometimes mm-hmm. even the information that comes, um, sometimes a lot from environmental groups is it pu- puts people off.
0: It makes them feel guilty
1: um, yes yeah, so and then if
0: you make them feel guilty it's la 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 la. i don't want
1: to yeah. know <laughs> right? yeah. yeah so i mean as as a lawyer i try i train in you know developing public policies mm-hmm. and, and and where i went into was the field of generating laws that promoted the things that we want in life and uh but a lot of that comes out of the energy of people people support that's the basis for a democracy when it works right um and so Anyway, that as a lawyer, I worked in the state government also on these issues, and it was the same kind of issue. We got a lot of great things done, but still, mm-hmm. there was a lot of lag in bringing people to this issue and wanting to do something about it. So that's yeah, why...
0: Working I, through the molasses.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was very, very challenging. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Despite, we did get some good things done, um, but um, like we got the leading law in the in the us on how to address global warming passed in the us and in in california and we've been operating on that that mission to reduce carbon emissions as as Mm -hmm. a statewide project with laws in place to actually enforce it not just say it's really nice to do so yeah but but i think you're you're right and i think you know people all think (laughs) we all think in different ways Mm -hmm. we are all attracted and engaged in different ways so soul pals tries to do that in a number of ways. One is obviously, like you said, through the stories that can hopefully engage people. And like you said, you can see yourself in them Mm -hmm. or you can relate to them. Um, and and the other thing, but some people also are are more uh thinking more of an engineering scientific way. Mm -hmm. And so there's there's an element of that in the stories too. Right. And um, at the very end of the book, I call it the uh, the periodic table of human consciousness and it's really a structured way that links uh, the different soul pals to the different um, areas of human development and human consciousness that they relate to and hopefully can uh, develop in a way that we all can ra- raise our own
0: consciousness. Mm-hmm. Do that. Movies are a perfect way for that and if you really want to change an adult's mind, educate the child.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: when you come across with a movie where it's about the animals being hurt through man, that child is going to get righteous and call their Mm -hmm. parents out on it. Uh, When you talk about the environment, when you talk about their future, Mm -hmm. they're going to say something, you know, because they're very much in their soul at that time. They haven't yet had it beaten out of them or conditioned out of them or switched Mm -hmm. off. Um, And so they're, you know, for them, it's about why is that happening? Yeah. I don't like that. That's happening. And yeah. for parents who kind of just, you know, it's, it's about just the sustainability of the household, never mind the, the world, all of a sudden, they're getting conscience, because how do you answer a child? Mm-hmm. You know, what's my future, mommy, you're going to destroy everything, <laughs> you know, and it's yeah. like, we've got to answer that. So I think very often, um, speaking to the children, I was speaking to a family as a whole through storytelling, through, whether it's movies, whether it's books, whatever it is, becomes the conversation that then is then had in the household, which mm-hmm. then changes the practices.
1: Yeah, yes. I think that is a brilliant way of going about uh, change, ha- promoting change and making mm-hmm. it happen. But, and I also think that even uh, adults are, there's, there's a lot of people that are adults like myself, that also, have, I say they're young, young in spirit, young mm-hmm. in mind, mm-hmm. uh, kids kids at heart even. Yes. Um, and so they have, I think there are a lot of uh, adults also that can be attracted to the same the same stories. Um, some yes. stories are better than others, but I think, yeah. And the reason I say that is because I think children are, are extremely important. I mean, and younger people, like you look at Greta Thornburg and what she's been able yes. to generate. Yes. Um, but, but I also don't want to, uh, turn off or not address the, the adults because even though uh, I think the children are going to really have the long-term uh, road of making the changes they're going to be on that road but I also think the adults have to be engaged right now because they are um, the holders of a lot of power in terms of making change so they True. need to be addressed as well.
0: And I think it's sort of pointing at how easy the change is, because for them, it's always bottom line, bottom line. How does it affect my bottom line? Mm -hmm. Um, I I told you about a series I did, Let's Get Synced, where I interviewed an awful lot of people from around the world, but a great deal in Europe and Asia, and absolutely fascinating. But, you know, one uh, German guy who had been born on the other side of the wall. And so when the wall came down, he was 12, but he had a taste of both sides. And he started a company called Pure Necessity, and it is People Planet for Profit.
1: Oh, beautiful! Yeah, and
0: it's showing how you can make a a profit by investing in the people, Mm
1: -hmm. by
0: investing in the planetary resources, not gouging, Mm -hmm. raping, and pillaging. um, But and how the profit will come. And the what absolutely was so uplifting about this entire series is how many people are out there working on organizations, on governments, you know, Mm -hmm. on corporations to change that mindset. Because if you don't change the mindset, you're not going to change. The climate practices.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I think you're right, um, and I love the philosophy of, of the people. Yes. Planet and profit. Yes. And I also have a uh, experience as I worked on these public policy issues, both with um, in California as well as the U.S. Uh, Congress on some of these policy changes. And um, the, the one thing that really infuriated me was it wasn't always coming from the same people, but was they would say things like, "Okay, we can we can do this because it's obviously profitable," and as much as I would like to believe some of those stories, some of them were were not true in the sense that um, there were a lot of things that at, at this point are not yet profitable. It doesn't mean it does still does not mean we shouldn't pursue them. But right, like the profit will a, come. <laughs> yeah, but but I thought there was a little a deceit in some of the way that was described and mm. like. As an example, peak peak oil. You know, I I'm, I totally am not uh, a fan of oil for a lot of reasons, mm-hmm. because of what it's doing to the environment, because exactly. of What's what it does to people's health, obviously,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and all the all the the reasons. But I have to say, I, I was quite quite irritated by this peak oil argument that was always made since actually nineteen seventies, the early mid nineteen seventies when. Carter brought forward uh, energy policy as as a way to go. Um, And then this peak oil thing would come. And, you know, since the 70s, they keep saying peak oil is going to force us to go in a different direction. Well, frankly, over that period of time, it hasn't. Hasn't mm-hmm. happened in a big way at all. You know, it makes me mad. So,
0: yeah. You know, he, oh, he I mean, it's always, the, you know, the people that talk about the repression that, that realize they're the repressed ones yeah. because they're not willing to go to change. You know, it, let's just take where we are today. You know, the simple cell phone, the Apple watch, mm-hmm. the computer yeah. in that tiny little thing. Yeah. In, in It's been in our generation where the computer was a city block. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and I'm, yeah. I've been watching the TV series Mannix, which was, you know, um, yes. Manix, which was done in the late 60s, early 70s. And they literally had these very loud computer things churning things out. Look at how far we've come. Yes. It, technology and, and innovation. We are leaps and bounds. But consciousness, mm-hmm. we still seem to be sleeping.
1: I think a lot of people are and i'm certainly not saying i'm totally awake but i'm learning about it and you know so i think part of it is the the outer environment everything around us including the technology including the environment itself in some ways um does not reflect or does not get into the inner environment our yeah. inner nature and there those there needs to be a harmony i think in that for us to move forward i mean that's my my sense and so th- if the inner environment, how we think our consciousness is not is still polluted or um, not elevated so that we can see and be aware of what things are and how we can change them, then we're gonna be stuck. And so way back early on, uh, even before the term sustainable development even was really known that well, I happened to be, I was at a United Nations conference, the UN uh, Earth Summit uh, way back. and. Um, you know, it was just, it was constantly amazing how the, the inner and the outer weren't brought together in that. Mm-hmm. And so we went, I, I went as part of a team to present the policy of California around how to address sustainable development. And a lot of that had to do with really looking at how, how our inner being, our, our consciousness related to the way we treated the environment. And so we really went there to present human restoration, mm-hmm. as the key to sustainable development. It's not wow. the only thing, obviously, but without that awareness of a lot more of us, um, we're not going to be able to shift where we need to, to be able to save us from ourselves, save us from some of the the pollution that we're bringing on the world the global oh,
0: and it is it is really <laughs> i think you know humans and i am going to pick on humans for a while mm-hmm. we stepped into entitlement yeah and and we bought into opulence you know yeah. that the more we have the better we are the yeah. happier we will be and then we've realized no it's not making me happy so what do we do discard yeah. Do we, are we conscious of where we discard it? Now, we have such an extreme of richness and poverty. Mm-hmm. And I've interviewed an awful lot of people who have reached those great rich heights.
2: Yeah. And they said,
0: I was a slave to maintaining that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I lost my home. I lost my wife. I lost my kids. I lost mm-hmm. my health. Right. Yeah. And then I got conscious. Right. You know, they got the cosmic two by four, they got conscious, they started realizing what life was really about, the true abundance, the true enrichment of life. Mm-hmm. And now they're doing something that comes from the heart and soul, and they feel more enriched than they ever did with the amount of riches that they had. So mm-hmm. I think a lot of it is that we need to look at what are we selling and what are we buying?
1: Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: Because let's face it, media sells fear and mm-hmm. hysteria, and it tells you you need this in order to, to make you feel safe or to make you feel happy yeah. and we know that life is an inside out job make the inside heart soul yes. and spirit happy then the mind will be content it will know what it needs to know when it yes. needs to know and then yes. we will consciously make choices based from that inner connection which is connected to everyone yes. and every yes. living thing
1: which which is so true and sometimes hard to feel
0: when yes. you're feeling
1: uh you can't feel it
0: exterior no
1: Here, <laughs> of yes. just having uh you know the right just having what you need in your life to be to be living uh you know those things beat down
2: yeah
1: um, that sense that sense of wholeness and connectedness even though it is there and we we have to as best we can we need to tune into it and i think what you're saying really is a lot a lot of this comes from partly uh the language that we hear and think that actually generates uh, our consciousness in in many ways. So, like when we talk about um, you know people basically feeling like you know entitled, we own we own the world, we own the environment. It's we're our, the
0: superior being. ones, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Which which in a way, I mean, I'm going to say comes back to the word stewardship which mm-hmm. in its true element is beautiful yes. because it doesn't say we own, it says we're here to guide yes. and partner with, but I think the language of it has been bastardized Yes. and stewardship for many people has come to mean ownership. We have the right, like you said, entitled to do as we wish to, to meet our own needs. Yeah. Um, as if our own needs were separate from everything else, which they're not, right. um, you know? And so, <clears throat> And part of that and the language and that we gain our consciousness partly from that um, has created this. I mean, a lot of people, uh, including myself at times, obviously, um, we we hear things we do and and then we we respond to them more as more as not responding, but reacting.
2: Yes. In yes. some ways,
1: we're we're unconscious of what we're doing just because we've we've embedded a certain way of thinking.
2: You have conditioning. Which, you know,
1: we think okay that's how how we have to act we don't even think that it might be might be not the best way so the the books the book and the stories and the soul pals really get down to um you know hopefully in a very engaging way and a fun way um and an interesting way not it's not all fun because some of the stories Mm are now they're not all just happy happy talk. they're getting to major issues but um, you know, it's a way of bringing that consciousness out through stories, through characters that we can relate to, through even, especially qualities of those characters that we we may, we can emulate to help our own uh, way of being in the world rise. That's why I call it, a rising yes. soul house because it helps it helps our own consciousness be raised through that and through the language we we really uh, how we often create our consciousness and you know. PBS stands for public broadcast system, mm-hmm. but I think in terms of the inner and outer environment uh, harmony that we want to create it's it also can mean personal broadcast system
2: mm-hmm.
1: so
0: mm-hmm. what are taking, we broadcasting? <laughs> yeah in, in a
1: sense taking ownership of of the of our world around us and how we respond to it and the, the language that then often creates that consciousness so, So that's what the soul pals are about at a a very um, kind of deep level, I would say, or basic level, really.
0: Right. I mean, you know, the soul cannot speak for a a closed heart and we've closed our hearts out in many, many ways due to fear, Mm -hmm. you know, mistrust, confusion um, and, and a lack of connection. ourselves and we really need to open up our hearts a crack i don't care if it hurts i really don't because through that pain you actually understand joy and then the soul gets ignited which is that wisdom that speaks through your heart speaks yeah. to your spirit that allows the mind to know what it needs to know when it needs to know it but if we're operating just from the head we're constantly operating from but what about me survival what about me survival and yeah. we're not connected to the very source that helps us survive mm-hmm. and one of the things that i've seen over the last few years which i absolutely mm-hmm. love in quantum physics quantum science mm-hmm. the quantum science affixes now now understanding those that are spiritual are living on a higher frequency that you can mm-hmm. actually measure love mm-hmm. living in a state of love is a higher frequency
2: mm-hmm. in
0: that higher frequency you can't knowingly go and do harm to anyone because it's against that frequency
2: mm-hmm. you'd have to
0: lower yourself too much to do it and in that high frequency of love you are in the appreciation and the gratitude of life of mm-hmm. living and all that life gives you and it's beautiful now because it's actually being measured before spiritual kumbaya la 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 living in the twilight zone
1: yeah yeah
0: Now people are realizing how much energy is actually being sourced out by people, how much energy we're putting out into the world. Now, if we all chose to step into that love vibration and put out love for one another Mm -hmm. and instead of the hate, instead of the disconnect, instead of the discord and instead of the entitlement, we would actually see that coming together in that beautiful harmony would actually heal this planet and mm-hmm. heal ourselves, and then we'll truly, really start living in the purpose that we really were meant to be here for.
1: Yeah, I think that's right, and, and w- what you're saying, partly in terms of the science, is, um, you know, we often learn through metaphor, and, and what, what that one thing you're saying about science and quantum, um, quantum mechanics in terms of understanding frequency, you know, another way, another biological metaphor that comes up through science is um, the way that cells operate, mm-hmm. and Bohr, Bohr's uh, theory on molecules, mm-hmm. um, Bohr's theory. You know, how is it such that it's truth that um, often the way um, the way a molecule changes is that once there's enough energy in that in that um, system of, of the molecule, literally it 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 jumps to a whole new level, yeah. literally. Um, parts, neutrons, and so forth within the molecule literally jump to a whole new level, a, a different kind of um, um, physical thing that they are.
0: The higher frequency. Um,
1: with the energy. So that's, <laughs> yes. in a way, a metaphor for, for us too. When we get the enough of the right energy in ourselves, we also can ri- rise to a new level. And so... In the book, also, you know, that's that idea of metaphors, meaning mm. a, really a bridge to a, a higher understanding, which is what how I understand metaphors. It can be used like that. Yeah, um, the soul pals and the stories are in some ways metaphors because the the animals and the other main characters in it, um, the way they're acting, the way they're involving them, themselves, the way they're using their their minds, their thinking, intellect, as well as their emotions. And, and I call it um, um, sometimes uh, how we relate to everything and everyone, which which is, uh, I call it um, we, WeQ. There's WeQ, there's IQ, and there's EQ. WeQ really talks about how do we relate to everyone and everything. Mm-hmm. IQ talks about, you know, what is our level of an in- intellectual understanding and thinking smartness, and EQ talks about our emotional intelligence, mm. how we like, that. you know, relate to every, everyone, um, through our emotions and, and emotions, emote, and there's a, there's energy and motivation that are, that is derived from emotion that really also drives a lot of our thinking. Um, so looking at those three qualities and talking about them and understanding them through the way that some of these soul pals, animals, as well as some people act is the way that we can really, uh, Learn from the metaphors and the, the, the soul piles are, in effect, in effect um, there's a template to some of these soul piles that they look at the EQ, the IQ, the WeQ. And that's how I think uh, we can hopefully better relate to them because we all have those, those qualities within us. And in fact, you know, I, I've often been amazed at the Wizard of Oz and the story that it tells because it really mm-hmm. does, in its own way, Focuses on those, I, I know you were talking about the four primary uh directions or elements that you were working with. Um, and I think these three actually do mm. some of that as yes. well.
2: You know, yeah, these I like are that a lot.
1: primary dimensions within within every person. Yes. But also they're they're out there too, and the way that nature and animals operate. And uh and you know, it's sometimes um not not thought about or understood, but uh, there, there was a, a declaration called the, Con- the Declaration of Consciousness that was signed by prominent scientists. Um, it was called the um, Cambridge Declaration of, of Consciousness. Mm-hmm. And these scientists said and proved that animals, a lot of animals have consciousness in terms of that they can feel pain, they can think, you know, and they, they relate to obviously their environment, in ways that we can really learn from. And so that science, though, is often missed by people. Um, you know, just even the way we operate, or we, we live, most of us, by going to stores and buying our food mm-hmm. it alienates us from the real source of that food. Yes, yes,
0: and, the farm and to table. The mm-hmm. of that
1: food being uh, mm-hmm. filled with consciousness that we can learn from.
0: Right. You know, when you talk about the IQ, when you come into animals, there's intuition.
1: Yeah, yeah, right.
0: They're incredibly intuitive. And, you know, I think what we're seeing right now, which is absolute delight, pleases my heart and soul immensely, is how the animals are educating us. Yes. They are stepping up into a way, God, we've got to help these humans before they obliterate us. And they do have this emotional cue. Absolutely. They are very much about we and us. Right. And that, you know, that IQ is that intuition that they work from all the time, which keeps them alive. And if we watch animals at work with each other, with the interaction that they have with us, there's so much to learn. You know, people say, oh, my heart is closed. I don't know how to open it. I say, go into nature, watch the animals. Right, yeah. feel the wind rustling through the trees. watch the ocean hitting the the um, the shores. Watch children at play. watch mm-hmm. dogs chasing a ball or a stick. If this doesn't open your heart, even a crack, then you, you're beyond saving yeah. because it, all of that just brings such warmth and joy mm-hmm. to us and in its simplicity, and I think a, a lot of one of our problems with our intellect is that we've tried to intellect, uh, intellectualize everything.
2: Right. We've
0: been thinking purely from our head and mm-hmm. we haven't incorporated the conversation of our heart, soul, and spirit. And yeah. when we do incorporate that conversation, the head actually does have better understanding of what to do. But if yeah. we're only going from our head, then mm-hmm. we are the scenarios well, it could be this, it could be that, what if this and what if that? And we're stuck. We're stuck yeah. in the what ifs and we make bad decisions because we don't have all the data.
1: I think I think that's right, and and how we respond to the data obviously is is critical. And I I mean, an element of of the book also is that there's a, there's a a dichotomy that's all, often put out there. It's nature or nurture. Mm-hmm. We, we learn yeah. how we are to be, or it's natural within us, yeah. intuition in a way. Um, but I, but, I, but I think what's here is nature nurtures, not, not the other way around. Yes. Nature nurtures. It's, it's a yes. unity. And I mean, this is just one example of one of the soul pals. I mean, there's a, a story based on a lot of fact um, about the hummingbird. The hummingbird mm-hmm. is one of the key characters in it. And, and I learned a lot about the actual animal, their nature, how they work, how they operate and the beautiful thing about a hummingbird which i never realized is that um you know how does a hummingbird pollinate you know basic Uh thing well of course they have a beautiful long slender beak i mean that would seem like obviously the way that it happens well actually i learned that it's not necessarily that that is used more for eating and bringing in the nectar uh, to themselves the sweetness that they need to survive and eat every day like thousands of times more of their weight of that of their weight do they need to bring in every day in terms of nutrition and and proteins and so forth than sugar. Um, but the way they actually uh, pollinate, which is one of their important jobs for for all of us, is that it's when they're going in to uh, get something from a flower, for instance, they bump their forehead against the stamen. The stamen is where, the seeds and the and the seeds and the basis for spreading that Mm -hmm. through through happen so in a way they use their head to support the creation of nature
2: the showering uh,
1: around so you know that's a part of it and i mean that that's one part of the story um and also if you think about that and the essential importance of that uh, part of the story talks about um partly the way these uh hummingbirds are being treated mm. in certain parts of the world and how that relates to us because that's obviously part of the, mm-hmm. the world that we live in the nature that we're in um and so the, the part of the story talks about a pollination protest what would that mean you know what it would mean mm. if if some of our key pollinators that really like the like the the bees as well um what if, what if because they realized how um, they were being affected. And they, like you said, the earth is mad at us. What yes. if they yes. you know, could come up with that same knowledge? And I don't deny that they could. I mean, I think they mm. have the intelligence. Yeah. You know, what would happen if there was a pollination protest because <laughs> they were being destroyed? You know, we're not going to help you unless you help us.
0: Right. Basically. I'm just I'm just visioning kind of a, a bee march with their little signs coming on mass, you know, masse, you, know? Yes. you know, it's like, leave us alone or maybe we'll sting you. Um, yeah. At my daughter's place, she lives with trees all around her. It's absolutely beautiful. And you sit on the veranda. And every time I've sat there, it's so peaceful you see this beautiful hummingbird coming along. and But yeah. it's always interesting because there seems to be one or two of them and they take it in turns. But it's always interesting because I always see a dragonfly and a white butterfly at the same time. They, they kind of come together, which I don't know why, but yeah. it's just so wonderful just to sit there and there's occasionally a bunny rabbit, you know, and, and squirrels and things like that. And it's just, and I live in a place where the deer are very prominent. They're often walking out in the streets and it's, if we could just learn to be appreciative of that, every single thing on this planet, even a mosquito that I'm trying to understand what has a purpose. Yeah. We all have a job to do. Yeah. And why aren't we asking what's our job? What is yeah. our contribution?
2: Yes.
1: It's
0: I not mean, what we take; it's what we give.
1: Exactly. It's what what we give, what we care about, and mm. how we relate to it. And um, actually, you mentioned a bee, which is a perfect perfect example. Again of a soul pal trying to, what i say helping teach us things and yes. the bee i mean i i've noticed also hummingbirds as well and i've noticed that hummingbirds share the hummingbird feeder with bees i see both of them coming to them. Mm-hmm. they don't always stay together right. when they're eating sometimes they go the, the hummingbirds go off to leave room for the bee to to do that to bring but they some, don't
0: fight over it
1: yeah but mm-hmm. and so the bee as one example of a of a soul pal, and there's a whole story in the poem in the soul pals that you can see about bees, you know, and, and they, they teach us how we can we can really live all the time, fully present, instead of, you know, sometimes a lot of us, including myself, sometimes are so busy worrying about the future, yeah. worrying about what's gonna happen, that we actually li- we lose the present moment. Because we, we're, we're kind of in our, our heads, in another place but the b shows us you can enjoy and live beginning through ending b e e beginning yes. through ending yes and or so, just being yeah exactly yeah. the b has that meaning yeah in many ways and and even the acronyms that i use like the b beginning enjoy beginning through ending b u with zest and zeal meaning mm. in, instead of bumblebees they're not mm. bumbling no they're they're, they're buzzing and, yes. and, and it's not about bumbling at all it's about being you with full zest and zeal um enjoying the nectar of now yeah at all times you know yes. and, and and it can sh- it can show us the way there in some cases it helps me sometimes to remember that when i'm kind of losing losing it when you're
0: bumbling along <laughs>
1: yeah bumbling, exactly <laughs> so bumblebees uh, bumblebees aren't bumbling they're buzzing and right. so the whole story is about that and and the way the bee operates i mean Literally, it has to live fully in the present because when it stings, which is a major activity that sometimes it does, that's it. That That's often the it, it for that bee because they often die after they sting. Right. So they really, anyway. So that's, yeah. So
0: I, I had a times. 10-year-old on uh, once who'd written a book, 365 Days of Gratitude with a Positive Attitude. Mm-hmm. And I thought I'm going to have to talk differently to her. And I, she was so eloquent. And, you yeah. know, one of the things that she said is uh, is like, I just don't understand people. If you're unhappy, yeah. why don't you change it and go and do something that makes you happy? Yes. And we seem to kind of have got this wonderful relationship, or not so wonderful, with misery, Yeah. with drama. Yeah. With, you know, and you, you look at the TV that we watch, you know, uh, a drama upon drama upon drama. And we yeah. get caught up in that drama, which is kind of a, like a, a hysteria becomes, you know, a, a very small wind that ends up being this tornado and hurricane and everything else all in one. And then people get caught up in the drama. And I think a, a lot of what we're seeing in the divide right now is hysteria is catching. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. And there is um, recently something happened that kind of upset my world. And I had to go mm-hmm. through the emotions. And I decided to do a show on it. Of, like, I had to be sad. I had to be fearful. I had to be anguished. I had to be depressed. I had to go through mm-hmm. the anxiety. I had to go for all of that to get to the clarity. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, stuff happens to you. Don't get caught up in the drama of what happens to you. Work through the process yeah. and get to the clarity. But we get stuck in the drama, don't we?
1: We often do and absolutely. And and the uh, I I feel like sometimes we need the we need something to help pivot from the misery to to the healthier way of being with life. And you know, it's no no mistake that the word misery is connected in terms of how some other people connect with people that are in misery. Commiseration. Yes. (laughs) It's meaning we join together in the misery. And on the one hand, commiseration has a quality that's good, with empathy. But on the other, if the empathy is something that draws us all down, that's not necessarily positive. So I think, you know, looking at that commiseration and how we can choose to pivot from that, which I think you're the, the person you're talking about, I think yeah. got a hold of. And here's another really basic example of how we use language and we can use it in relating to, other beings and how they operate to help ourselves and even gain consciousness and so or increase our consciousness and, and so there's a there's a writing within the soul house about the gorilla
2: mm-hmm.
1: and and the gorilla if you look at <clears throat> again the spelling g-o-r-i-l-i so I, it starts uh this story as this gratitude or ill attitude we get mm-hmm. to choose um, it's, it's based on our tone of voice. And yes. we also uh, the crease that you see often in a, a gorilla is, is in human beings is tension when mm. you're, when your forehead is increased there. There's a lot of psycho uh, kinesiology yeah. connecting how we physically are with how we feel. And, and the, the gorilla teaches us that we can, we can choose gratitude or, or ill attitude. That's our choice. Yeah, And you know, we can. It's both in how we speak, and how we think, and how we are physically that affect that. And so, part of this, the story about the gorilla is you, there's a little wrap in it. In, in, decrease the crease to increase the peace. And so it's like, <laughs> you know, that, that's what these stories uh, uh, sometimes bring about is that mm-hmm. metaphor, that relationship mm-hmm. to the to nature and animals, but how it really affects us. You,
0: you sound to me like a very rhythmic person, you know, the algorithms, the rhythms and and people actually when they get caught up in a rhythm, you know, mm-hmm. it becomes something that actually they relate to because, mm-hmm. you know, decrease to decrease to increase the piece. you know, automatically yeah. it is like, I'm going to remember that there's a rhythm to it, right? Yeah. And yeah. you talked about tone of voice, well, they actually say that when you are presenting yourself, uh-huh. 55% is the way you present yourself, you know, it's how do you carry yourself? It's not always what you wear; it's how you wear it. You know your your persona. Does it is -hmm. it warm and inviting? Thirty seven percent is your tone. Yes. And if you haven't set the right tone, that seven percent content is not even going to be heard. Yes. Right. That tone is very important. I mean, it also when you are talking to the animal kingdom. Yeah. Right. We change our tone because mm-hmm. we don't want to be threatening we're bigger than them, than some of them, dogs, cats, yeah. this, etc. We want to show them that we are, you know, excited to see them, that we yeah. want to interact with them. So what do we do? We change our tone, yeah. we smile, we look softer mm-hmm. as we approach them, mm-hmm. right? So we are approachable, but again, rhythmic. So, you know, it sounds to me that you've really stepped into the rhythm of things, mm-hmm. which makes it so much easier for people to remember
1: exactly I, that's what i i hope that's the case definitely when when you're in a certain rhythm you're in the zone you're really you're really flowing in harmony with everything and you're you're even you're inspired by being in the zone yes and so yeah i think you're right the the rhythm is a big part of it um and and that's that's part, yes definitely part of it being in the rhythm and when you're out of the rhythm being able to recognize it choose to be back in the rhythm yeah. instead of se- staying in the chaos um, yeah I mean this is a, a sad thing I heard which I don't know it relates to rhythm sadly in a way but um, I was learning about some of the practices of the Taliban
2: mm-hmm.
1: and one thing is they do not allow music <sighs> to be used in public so it's interesting you know just yeah but well,
0: why on because music is a storytelling, it's a uniting, it's yeah. an expression of how you feel, right? Yeah. And they don't want anyone to feel anything other than fear.
1: Yeah, some of them, yes, yeah.
0: absolutely.
1: So, yeah, yeah I, I, I appreciate for, for your understanding or thinking about it that way, yeah. Um,
0: you know, let's, let's, let's face it, there's an awful lot of fear being sold. It's been sold in hysteria, it's been sold through the media, through the social medias, you know, and one person kind of has a taste of it. And then the next person, it goes up and up and up and up in the high pitch volume. And no. then nobody can hear you because Aah! you're up there. Yeah. You're completely out of sync. There's mm-hmm. no rhythm about you whatsoever. You're very uh, at dis- at ease. Dis- ease, where does yeah. disease come from? Uh-huh. And and then we start seeing a breakdown within the individual, which then becomes a domino effect, rather like the virus, was a breakdown of the society that it's in,
2: yes. right?
0: So if we could be into a more rhythmic, harmonious flow in life, mm-hmm. instead of looking at what is being denied you or what you think isn't possible, look to what is possible and what you're empowered to do because there is empowerment in every mm-hmm. single one of us. We yeah. spend too much time bitching on what we haven't got or what we've been told we should do, and this, that, etc. Mm-hmm. And what we don't do is look at how can we feed the possibilities because there yeah. is always a possibility.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. And that, like you're saying, um, e- even uh, fear, mm-hmm. which some people have, have said the acronym for that is false evidence yes. appearing real. Yes. Even even in the fear, there's there's an opportunity to To pivot to a yes. a better way of being, and I'll, that's another example of uh, one of the one of the soul piles in the stories. Is uh, there's a story called Jaded in the Forest of Lake Chad, and it's a true true story in many ways about Lake Chad, which is in the the heart of Africa. In fact, if you look at Africa as a as a as a being uh, as a person, you know you would see that that Lake Chad, which is a lake. Is literally in the heart of Africa, mm-hmm. um, and in a, a true story about some of the some of the things that have happened at Lake. Um, within fifty years, it has shriveled to five percent of what its uh, mm-hmm. magnitude used to be. I mean, evaporated literally from all kinds of things, including human things like irrigation, mm-hmm. natural things, uh, natural in the way that mm-hmm. the sun is operating on it. Um, but okay, in in that lake, um, it used to be called the Lake the Lake of Hippos because there were so many hippos there, um, and they're still there, thank God. But you know, in that in the story, there's there's, there's a story about um, real things happening there, how elephants interact with the lake and how they actually migrate, even even though the lake Lake has shriveled, there's still five percent water. Mm-hmm. But what I didn't realize until I learned a lot more about it the elephants still want to migrate to the lake, which I would, in my head, I'm going, oh, they're not going to, do. They're not, why would they do that? Um, but, I, but I realized that even though the lake is gone and the water above the ground is gone, there's still uh, some water that's in the ground. Yes. And when you put that together with uh, the, the seasonal rain storms, that actually creates a, an abundant place for elephants and others to come to grace,
2: mm-hmm.
1: Still Greener. Even though the lake, it's, anyway, it was a very interesting thing, and I just I was thinking about that, and and the hippo. I mean, you just think of the hippo. It's it's nature, and and how it is, and it literally has thin, uh, sorry, thin skin that is so thick that it can rebuff yeah. even even bullets.
2: Yes, and
1: so here, here's an example of how we can learn from the hippo and even pivot from fear because the the hip, the hippo. Basically, basically, the the acronym that I use for hippo is the hide is impervious, uh, or rather, the hide is puncture proof to opposition. Mm-hmm. So literally, things that are coming against you, people that are yeah. even acting against you, instead of being in the fear of that. We can actually empower ourselves by not become respond. hippo-ish. Become yes. hippo-ish. Yeah. Yes. yes. We can respond and, and not be in fear by being more like hippo in that sense. You know, we don't have to react and almost be like robotic in a certain way to right. just reacting, you know.
0: I, I do a show every week myself and and um, the one I have the, this week is actually um, a different kind of courage. You know, and I was you know saying about when I was young. You know, mm-hmm. the courage, like uh, all of the jobs I went into, I wasn't qualified. I just kind of went I don't know if I can do it. Let's try, yeah. right? you know, find out if I can do it or not, you know, and it's yes. like, it's the enthusiasm around it. Like, let's see, let's explore. Yeah. Uh, uh-uh, This is for me. Oh, I didn't know I could do this, you know, yeah. and it, the courage now is different where I haven't got that same exuberance, especially for anything physical, but it's more wiser courage now. Yeah. Right. You know, more discerning courage. Now i yeah. uh, um, more looking deeper at what is possible now. And it's, that's how, you know, just age and experience life experience brings you, but we all need to find a certain amount of courage within us because, yeah. you know, uh, well, I, I, I'm, I'm just one person. I'm not going to make a difference. If mm-hmm. every one person made one difference, look yeah. where we would be
1: Absolutely, you know? one yeah.
0: difference, one practice changed, one consciousness ignited,
1: yeah. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. I think you're right on to it. And and that, uh, another uh, part of this story is, is really realizing some, that kind of thing that you're just talking about. And as I was mentioning, sort of a template for a lot of these, the characters that are, are are in these stories is the Wizard of Oz. And of course, the one of the third thing, third elements about that is courage, the lion.
2: Yes. Having
1: courage. And courage, another way I think of it. Um, as it relates also to these books is courage is another way of talking about your confidence Mm -hmm. in your belief of whatever you can or cannot do so having the courage really is having the confidence to manifest or live in live in the way you want to live you know courage Um, so actually i mean that kind of gets back to one also one of the stories in here which is called pelican park and and the pelican um, in this story is responding to a thing that really happened in in Louisiana. So, uh, in Louisiana, dealing with a lot of the Ida and hurricane remnants, mm-hmm. it's very sad. Yes. But one and one of the things, even in this case, has happened also. Um, the uh, the the oil spills, mm-hmm. some of the worst in all of history, yeah. have mm-hmm. happened in there, like the BP. One that happened several years ago, and even a few days ago, there's a huge mile-long uh, oil spill that. Which, of
0: course, you uh, don't hear much about, do
2: you? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Not at all. Meanwhile, mm. they're talking about waivers for, for gas, which I'm. Yes. why. But,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but um, the pelican in this story, you know, sees that as a big issue, and how can it, how can it respond to that and help? So it really figures out, okay, I have the powers through the way I am my ability to fly and literally uh do reconnaissance for for situations and it can actually help a lot of the beings that are being affected by creating a place of refuge for them. Right. And so pelican park sort of is that part of the story. And um but the pelican is also key around understanding our courage or being mm. able to have more courage. Um, because here again in terms of the the soul pals are, are a lot of them. I call them acronym mantras
2: mm-hmm.
1: for power mm-hmm. because the acronym, if you repeat it and the idea of, a, of an acronym is that it can be easily remembered yes. and therefore repeated like a lot of uh, spiritual practices include, include mantras. Yeah. Yes. Which, it, it's a
0: game rhythmic, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Rhythmic, right. And,
0: right. Yeah.
1: And, and it's uh, an element of consciousness, which yes. is literally to be aware in the moment and if you're not aware that's where we often lose our lose our way and lose our consciousness because we're, we're just like i said sometimes reacting out of just habit instead of out of really consciousness and thinking yeah. um and so pelican is um is one of one of the first pals that i ever came to me and i, w- I was watching a pelican um just kind of do its thing, which is it glides around Mm -hmm. in a circle. Gracefully. Beautifully. (laughs) Yes. Another thing about uh, courage and the way we are is is to act with efficiency and not Mm -hmm. waste energy.
0: Right, yes.
1: And the pelican also shows that through the way it is. I mean, if you watch a pelican compared to like a seagull, I mean, the pelican is literally gliding. Most, Most of the time its wings are not flapping like mad. And
0: yeah in synchronicity
1: yeah yet yeah, yeah, it does that it's <laughs> yeah. one of the most um um visually beautiful yeah visually beautiful mm-hmm. and it does that sometimes in the most uh rough circumstances like mm-hmm. when gales of wind are coming it it knows how to use the the prep like an airplane it knows how to use that air pl- pressure to move even though it's sometimes going against it but it mm-hmm. glides through it, like an airplane does and but we can get through
0: it. We can get through it. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah.
1: And then the thing that I really loved about it was, you know, as I watched it, I saw then after gliding and re- reviewing the situation with blood, t- without any hesitation in a full th- total act of pure decisiveness, it goes one it goes 180 degrees, dives into the water, no hesitation, and and gets its goal, often mm-hmm. which is fish. Right. You know, so it was, it was just by watching that um, that I learned a critical thing um, is how to, have, how to have confidence and how mm-hmm. to be inspired by that metaphor. And here, here's the, the uh, acronym part of it is, uh, I was, as I was watching this and I was thinking about my own life, so I, w- I was in a job that I, at, at first, I really had uh, a challenge of confidence because I didn't know how to do it very mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. I was constantly worried. I I really was saying was I I need to develop greater courage and confidence in what I'm doing. And so I, and so I think what I need to do is to bring that forward I need to propel confidence. And I was thinking yeah l- almost like a a propeller. Yes. Like three, three blades to me which are one uh, in terms of the way I think about things. You can think about things like the way things that you have done in the past. And the center of, of the blade is I would call it the core, where, where that brings mm-hmm. together these three blades. So think about things I have done, think so, think about things that I am doing now, and things about things and think about things that I can and want right. to create in the future. Yes. So this propeller and the propeller is beautiful because when it goes around, yeah. it literally merges into one vision. Right, right. And so, so I'm thinking, yeah, I need to figure out how to propel my confidence. And then I looked at the, the pelican again and thought, oh, my God, a pel, P-E-L, reminds me of health confidence.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And the rest of the word of a pelican, the spelling of pelican is I can. Pel, right. I
2: can. Yeah, there, I like that. Yes. There it
1: was right there. <laughs> yeah, a,
2: exactly. A metaphor
1: that I can put in my mind's eye or see at any time and reflect on that and have that in, in my consciousness. I can, I can and I will and have, you know, so that's that's another example of a, of a soul pal, but through the story of, of the, the pelican, that is one, one thing I think we can learn.
0: You, you reminded me of a story my mom wrote about 45, 46 years ago called Horatio Mouse, and it's about an immigrant mouse that moves to Africa and ends up <laughs> becoming king. Uh-huh, okay. <laughs> right. And yeah. it, and it was that confidence. I mean, it didn't went out with that confidence. It discovered the confidence as it went. And yeah. it was the reasoning. It was the heart. It was the bringing together instead of the divide. It's yeah. a beautiful story. My, um, my wonderful friend who is a, was a librarian teacher with a beautiful speaking voice actually audioed it for me. And the, I have the story here on site. It's a lovely one because mm-hmm. it again, it. It does address. Um, it doesn't matter how small I am. I can still have a big impact yes right and yeah. it doesn't matter what obstacle i'm facing the lion who is the king of the jungle
2: yeah. i'm just
0: a mouse but my courage or my conviction and my mm-hmm. compassion
2: yeah are
0: my are my my tools and so you know that's there's always something to learn and i think this is why storytelling is so important because we get caught up in everyday survival mm-hmm. and you know the, the everyday turmoil And we don't take that time to switch off from that day and go in. And and a story like what you've written is not just a story you're reading for entertainment. It is connecting to the heart and soul.
1: I hope
2: so, yeah. It's
0: igniting it, right? And it's, you know, um, I have another channel called Ignite Your Heart and Soul. This one should have been under there as well. So, (laughs) you know. Yeah, it, it is about igniting that heart and soul. And sometimes it's through a story where you have a connection, where you have that relatability, where it becomes your answer. Yeah, you know that. Oh, I, you know, gosh, I didn't think about that. But that is just something, you know, I, I can actually adopt to or adapt to. Yeah. Yes, yeah,
1: absolutely. That's beautiful. That's a beautiful story.
0: Um, no, I mean, it's a lovely story, there, Eurasian Mouse. It is. My mum is a wonderful storyteller. She was an actress and everything else. Yeah. But it, the thing is, is that please do not make excuses. You know, I'm a person of color. I'm a person of this sexual orientation. I'm a woman or a man. I am poor. Mm-hmm. I am rich. I am this. I am that. No, that is just the exterior of the package that you've come in. Your mm-hmm. strength lies inside Mm-hmm. It's in that heart. It's in that conscious. It's in that divine channeling presence of wisdom that will always come through you when you ask it to. It's in mm-hmm. the spirit of your action. And it's in the understanding of what the mind needs to know when it needs to know. It. And we've all got it. We've yeah. just got to ignite it.
1: Exactly. We all, uh yes, we have to help ourselves have perception and perspective that is not only what we naturally or are. are, are attuned to but also be able to expand to the wholeness yes sometimes perspective is is an enemy of ourselves and our way of being because uh if if you're really only narrowly tunnelly visioned with with that perspective you don't (laughs) connect to to things around you and therefore you lose your um ability to really respond in, in a natural way in a positive way for yourself and in fact there's there actually speak of mouse. there's there's a great uh, fable i guess uh, that that comes from hindu and india which is there's there are several blind blind men that are around an elephant and so each one is asked what what did you not see because they're blind but
2: and what i is, see what yeah. is
1: that and they all say different things oh, of course this is a this is like a tree trunk the leg is yeah. strong you know somebody touches the the tail and it's you know it's like a, a fan you know with with a little bit of you know a little bit at the end that helps helps move the air you know and so they all say this is what it is but it's it's knowing all the parts together yeah. That we see the whole, feel the wholeness, which is an elephant in this case.
0: Yeah. And we, we, um, you know, that's the true colors, right? The four key personalities. If every yeah. personality put down what they see and understand, yeah. now you have a whole picture. Yeah. And, and I did a wonderful show a little while ago also about, you know, um, it, it's kind of like personality traits, but we actually have 43% nurturers in the world,
1: 40,
0: right? 43% that? nurturers.
1: Oh, nurture, okay,
0: yes. right. So, yeah. if we have 43% nurturers, why are we not seeing more nurturing going out there? And that's mm-hmm. you know, dominance of other things, but it's also because the nurturers over nurture or get burnt out or get used up or get spat out, and we need to support those nurturers to do the yeah. work they do and ignite you know, some of that within us. The, the thing is this package that we come in and the complexity and the simplicity of who we are understand yourself and the gift that you were given your thought process how do you view things how do you articulate them you know from where do you come from there Mm -hmm. is the head intellect how do you listen to the heart and the soul Mm -hmm. and get into the spirit to understand within that personality frame that i've been given how can i step forth and present Mm -hmm. my not my argument, but my point of view that is productive to the collective.
1: Yeah, that's so well said. I mean, this, this is how I think sometimes, but the, the idea of storytelling and, mm. and listening as an essential part of what we are to like uh, support people that are nurturers even more. You know, if we listen and allow people to tell their stories, we can be that. A lot more and not only in terms of the other person or other people but ourselves if we listen instead of out there just constantly doing this and reacting we can go a lot further and the elephant helps teach that too it's in one of the
2: Mm -hmm. stories
1: i was mentioning jaden in in the forest of lake Chad, because that's part of the nature of an elephant and how it cares is a nurturer Mm -hmm. and it has an incredible memory I mean, one of the (laughs) the greatest memories of all of us, (laughs) including Mm. human beings.
2: Yes,
0: yes. Oh, gosh, we've seen that in evidence with being united 30 years later.
2: Yeah. They also have incredible
0: antennas where they're way over there and there's a new elephant comes into the compound and they go running or somebody's dying, they're there. You know, it's just an amazing empathy, you know, an antenna of empathy, which is absolutely wonderful.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, and and back to the idea that um, how we think, what we think about our awareness is also how we react. So the elephant, um, both that's great memory, but it's, inc- it's one of the g- most empathic emotional mm-hmm. beings around because it literally will grieve for, for the death yes. of somebody within its herd. Yeah. And so it, it's partly, I think, because it has this incredible m- memory
2: Yeah.
1: that it, that it has this caring.
0: Yes, exactly. Memory. Um, you know, Confucius asked a whole load of 12 animals to come forth. Um, mm-hmm. And then it became the, you know, the, I call it the Chineseology of the year sign, of what year sign yeah. and what animal you mean, etc. cetera, and the year of the horse. Um, and it's it's really, really interesting because I found that, you know, the characteristics of that animal can very often, is a characteristic that we've taken on, you know, so we're very much part of that. But he understood the importance of the animals and each one of the individuality and what they brought together. Mm
2: -hmm. And I think
0: it's let's, you know, uh, they say there's no I in team, Mm -hmm. but I I look at it as an orchestra. What is my instrument? How Mm -hmm. do I learn to play it? And which orchestra do I belong to? Mm
2: -hmm. Where Mm -hmm. we
0: can harmoniously in our own individual strength come Mm -hmm. together to create a symphony that resonates out. So we do need the I involved, Mm
2: -hmm. but
0: it's the I to be a part of the collective.
1: Yeah, I, the I in, in ourselves and also the I in integration. Yes, and yes, yeah. yes.
0: Intuition and yeah. intelligence and yeah. and a few uh, other things in there as well. Yes. Yeah. How do people get hold of this book? How do people get hold of you? And, you know, also tell us a little bit about the, the um, Partnership for Change.
1: Sure, uh, absolutely. Um, one thing, just in terms of getting hold of the book, you can look up, my name in Amazon, Andrew Michael, Arising, and you'll find the book. Or you can go to a website that takes you directly there, and it's related to um, the title of the book. So it's, it's H-T-T-P colon, two forward slashes, and then it's B-I-T period, L-Y, Bitly, and one more forward slash, and then it's capital A, Arising, Eyes on the Rise, and the last word, Rise, is also capitalized, and then you go right there and rising, rising eyes on the rise is really to me i love it because they, it links to some other great lines like keep your eyes on the prize
2: mm-hmm.
1: your eyes on the rise is really keeping your eye and your awareness on your continual your continual growth and the raising of your consciousness
0: yes you know? and so. that's what it's about the raising of the yeah. consciousness partnerships for change tell us about that yeah
1: thank you thank you yeah partnerships for change is a Nonprofit, and we do uh, social action to improve the quality of people's lives we focus on um, really really uh, three primary things we focus on women's empowerment in helping women be fully empowered um, through one thing is we work with and support a orphanage in mm-hmm. northern India that that actually uh, rescues uh, many young girls from a very traditional culture which have a lot of great things but there are also some negative uh, beliefs or philosophies so these these girls are if they're born due to rape or because of uh, or they're disabled they're considered bad omens so in this case we work with a Tibetan monk who actually rescues these young girls uh, usually at the desire and approval of one of the parents because one of the other parents often the men may may not be very healthy Mm. right so um so anyway we support this orphanage these girls now having lived and been raised in this orphanage some of them for over 20 years have been educated in the finest schools and now they've actually completed their their high school education gone on to have uh, gone into college and done a master's. One, ones in uh, animation, another's in human resources, another ones in uh, business, business development, business communication. So, that's one project that we work on, where the women are literally being empowered by the way mm, they're being raised, exactly. and then literally blasting through those negative bad omens,
2: right? Like exactly.
1: So wrong. So that's one project we, we also work on. uh uh, obviously promoting the environment as as part of the well-being of people and this one project we're working on is is in africa it's called the great green wall and we're helping that vision to become a reality it's a vision that comes from africa and the idea is to create a green uh band or wave of greenery forest and agriculture all the way across the continent of Africa, 8,000 miles. Wow! Um, it would be the largest living structure in the world when it happens, um, and it would it would basically help the people, especially uh, have a better livelihood. Uh, it would I- reduce food insecurity, mm-hmm. and, and it would actually promote economic well-being by, by the people um, working in the greenery. Both agriculture for food that they can eat themselves, but also um, sell in the market, um, and I'll, and just make make it so they there's no reason and they don't have to and the, which they don't want to migrate. But but there yes. is an increasing rate of migration because the desertification of yeah. the of Africa.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I lived in South Africa for a long time, and um, you know it is a, a country that is absolutely miraculous. But at the same time, it's it's you know it's got its troubles. And yes, you're you're absolutely right. Um, so many people do not want to leave their mm-hmm. country, but they're forced to. And you know I've done a few shows on on this of the the migration is due to climate, you know oh, yeah. a, a climate. And it's like if we actually. We have the capability of generating water. We have the capability of, of supporting growth. Mm-hmm. You know, there are so many things out there, but we, you know, we put so much money on wars and everything else instead of that sustainability. Where does war come from? It comes from a power, people wanting power, but it also comes from the, the, the dis ease of people's lifestyles. Where yeah. does hate and fear come from? It's when you right. feel that you're in jeopardy. So if we sustain a person's lifestyle, they can feed, they can grow, they've got possibilities, there's a future ahead of them. We're not going to see so much discord and dis-ease or, or hate or, or anything else out there. So we're not putting the money behind the right things. And this is where yeah. we need to change now. We need to invest in these other yes we need to invest in the clean energy yes we need to invest in sustainability foods yes we need to invest completely on different packaging uh even on the whole process of food and that entire meat market talking about the elephant as one being the most powerful creatures in the world it's vegan folks (laughs) right so you know and it's like we ourselves as individuals have to look at our practices Mm-hmm. and it's not taking away your rights it's not denying you it's asking you to be a contributor to the survival of this planet and all that inhabit
2: it
1: absolutely beautiful said and i hope that if people read some of the stories that they will identify things for themselves in it that does yeah. speak to that you know speak to that directly and um and that, so partnerships for change uh, does that those things as well as we're working on um, the emergency that is now, which is the situation in Afghanistan. Mm. We're figuring out ways to try and help some of the people that haven't left yet get out.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so that's so um, kind of the way we, we summarize our work as we advance compassion right. and, abol- and seek to abolish cruelty to people, animals and the environment. So that's our overall mission.
2: Yeah.
0: Amen to that. All of it. I mean, that's, you know, it's it's you watch the news and, you know, you wouldn't blame you know kind of god coming down and pressing delete on humanity and then i do these shows and i hear of all people like yourself and the organization and the book that you've written which is all about igniting that consciousness showing how how it's all possible and these are the ingredients that you can use Mm -hmm. you know you can build your future into fruitfulness into abundance into a wonderful Mm -hmm. harvest just change your uh, practices and come from compassion and mm-hmm. consciousness and right. you know that creative creativity will flow and the more there are people like you out there although the media doesn't cover you it's my job mm-hmm. <laughs> to cover you is to show people we all can do it
2: mm-hmm. right yeah.
0: we all can do it and it's just asking you to change that entitlement into that environment of community Mm-hmm. It's not just about your survival, it's about the survival of your community. You've seen all these movies, Walking Dead, this, that, etc., where you know, if you've still got that, there's so few people left in the world, but they're still fighting each other. Mm. Really, folks, yeah, really, yes, you know, uh, you know, mm-hmm. give peace a chance, you yeah,
2: know? <laughs> yeah. Let,
1: let's create what we want to live in, let's manifest, and yeah. that you know, ultimately, I think. A lot of the elements in this book are about how do we manifest what we want. A lot of that comes from our awareness or consciousness. And, you know, the elements of manifesting, you know, a lot are, um, a lot does have to do with our consciousness, has to do with what we're, our awareness, our understanding of our perspective, and realizing that sometimes we have to broaden our perspective. So it's not a
2: lot more, a lot more.
1: being able to act on it with confidence, and it it'll generate,
2: yes, what we wish ripple effect
1: in the community. So that's yeah. that's what I hope it does, and that's what Partnerships for Change is is working on as well, trying to create the future that we all want to live in.
0: Yes, and we can all be a part of it. We're all invited to the party. Yeah. We really are. Um, the book is it is it age appropriate? Can children read this?
1: Yeah, actually, it's in a way it's meant for both. Mm. Young and old. In fact, I think one of the best parts of it would be uh, people, especially parents, uh, reading things to their children or their children reading it themselves. I think it's it's really geared to um, kids of all ages.
0: Right. I have a six-month-old grandson and my, um, my son-in-law and daughter are already reading to him. Right. And, and they have been from the moment he was born. And this book, I know they're going to love because they are vegan, they're activists, right. they're environmentalists. And yeah. I know this book is going to absolutely hit it. So I'm ordering it for sure. You know, it's a beautiful gift to give to a family. If you've got young children, they may not get all of the words. But, you know, they, they will get the rhythm and the which that you're saying it and the, mm-hmm. what you're learning and what they're learning. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's something that as they grow, the conversation will grow along with it.
2: Mm-hmm. And, you
0: know, it's I think in the in the training of the adults, it comes through the kids. But, you know, if you are, oh, I haven't got any kids around you, bring the kid out in you.
2: Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. Read this Absolutely. to bring the kid out in you because that kid had a conscience. Yeah. And somewhere along the line, you put it on the shelf. You need to take it off and dust it off again. <laughs> that would
1: be great. Yeah, for all of us. Yes.
0: This has been wonderful. Thank you so much. Um, Thank you, you know, yeah. I'm just right up there with all the wonderful other shows I've done, and it—it it just, I love the work that you're doing, and um, please keep on doing it. Um, Thanks, Sarah. And it inspires other people. It shows other people what can be done and how they can be a part of it. And that, as I said. Every single one person shifted one perspective, you know, Mm -hmm. one, one inch. Just imagine that shift that we would have. Right. So it doesn't take much. Yes. Just means that you've got to have that intent of action, actionism, as I call it.
1: Yeah. Beautiful. (laughs) Step into actionism. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you for what you're bringing forward and the stories that you're helping me tell.
0: So many wonderful people, they have to have a platform. So, yes, thank you. It's been wonderful. Thank you. I'm definitely getting the book. Folks, get the book for yourself, for your grandchildren, for a neighbor's child. Christmas is coming up. Get a few of them. Make a perfect Christmas present, right? And, you know, it's it's inspiring. It's illuminating. It's rhythmic. But at the same time, it's educating. And it's inviting. That's what we want. Inspiration begets invitation. So, you know, invite your unconsciousness to be ignited and go, I don't know what to do, read the book. I mm-hmm. guarantee you, you'll find something in there where you go, that resonates with me, I'm going to do that. And don't forget to look at the partnership, um, uh, sorry, what's the again? For partnership,
2: partnership for Change.
0: Partnership for Change. And us. I'm sure there's a great deal of support that you can do there in the work. And while it, we empower the people that have felt powerless for so long, we truly are s- switching on that creative button. And that creativity is illuminating. Yes. so no more suppression we don't need any more suppression or persecution we need enlightenment and illumination so yes. thank you very much andrew
2: thank and you sarah great to everyone
0: you. else out there bye for now <laughs> we hope that you enjoyed the show you will hear many many shows here on selfdiscoverymedia.com we have new shows for you out every week just find them on our podcast or, or what's new if you feel that you have something to share that makes a difference in the lives of others, or you too feel that you could be a host, please contact me at info at com, and we will be glad
2: to speak with you. Have a wonderful day.